three-dimensional world which you inhabit can be bent Two Sundays in a row now. Third-party vibes? Absolutely. We're still on Me Show Podcast or third-party vibes? They're one and the same, but... The input theory. So what does that mean? Does that mean they're both? Yeah, or we can call it the input theory. The input theory? Really? Yeah. Okay, that's an option too, because that, uh, you know, that makes sense. For all of you uh, millions and trillions of, of uh, not billions, it's either millions or trillions of time travelers out there, we are now talking about the input theory. Myself and my co-host, Alex Trin, Trinception, the, the man, the machine behind, behind Shift, the, the main man now, or no, no, not the main man, but one of the beasts within The Alchemist. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Live with me on a Sunday, second Sunday in a row. It's beautiful. Everything's recording. Everything's good. Everything's good, man. Sound good? Yes. All right, beautiful. So what's good on this Sunday? Why input theory? Why do you want to talk about input theory? Because I think, because we were discussing before, um, offline, and the input theory applies to everything. So I think we should just keep talking about the input theory over and over and over again, because I think that's going to bring so much value to, to everyone. Yeah, I agree. It's something that I've been running my life by for a long time now and trying to understand in those years after I sold the business, uh, while I made the music and the art that I didn't know I'd actually fully go into. Yeah. I was just trying to understand myself. I was trying to understand how, how the world works or why I think the way I think or why other people think the way they think. And once I came to the conclusion that the input theory is everything that we are. And what is the input theory? It's everything that is inputted within us. Everything that comes in the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the people, whoever we surround ourselves with, it's like we're, we're downloading. We're downloading our environment. Yeah. We absorb our environment. Our subconscious mind is like the hard drive. And what is normal, what is good, what is bad is all sequenced and all uh, made clear by what the average of our inputs are. Yeah. So that's why that's why this this logo right here. That's what this is. The subconscious mind is the little one. The conscious mind is the small circle, and that's what we think we're aware of. But what's really going on? What's really running the ship is underneath there. And then once we understand that we are merely the product of our environment then we can choose our environment so that we can skyrocket and time travel wherever the fuck reality we want to go to. But that's the, that's the kind of, that's the best lesson. Do you want to talk a bit about that's like the, th- the theory that's theoretical, but how, what does that, what does that mean to the fellow time travelers? Absolutely. Like what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. So what does it mean? It means that I gotta, if I want to be my best self, yeah. I got to optimize what I'm doing, who I'm doing it with, what I'm watching, what I'm eating, and if I can align those things, even where I get my dopamine drips, yeah. am I getting it from healthy food and sleeping early? Am I getting it from getting spicy where I shouldn't get spicy? Because the body's, the body's an addict. It, it, wants, it wants stuff, it wants gratification. Yeah. But it's our choice to give it instant gratification or delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. Delayed gratification is like sweet potatoes. Not as good as candy, but it's going to make you healthier. Yeah. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to motivate you to move forward. Yeah. Whereas the candy is going to make you want more candy until you hate yourself. Absolutely. And that's, that's the decision that we have to make. And we're, if we're not vibing, if we have like a, a negative 
kind of outlook on things that are going on, if, if we're talking a lot of shit, that's just an alarm yeah. that should sound and say, oh, if I'm thinking like this and I have limiting beliefs about what I should do, oh, am I way too fucking old to make music? Every time I think that, I'm like, oh, fuck, what did I eat? Yeah. Oh, fuck, who did I hang with today? Did I sleep well last night? Yeah. And I ask myself those things and I'm like, okay, now I can take that thought, put it aside and, and do my best to re-optimize myself. And I can go months being in a fucking shit loop, but it always becomes so clear once I realign myself that it's like, it's, it's a no brainer. It's almost like the world starts opening up yeah. and people will talk shit about like manifesting or, you know, creating your reality. I think anyone who's talking that shit is, is just, is just being currently burnt and can't see anything mm -hmm. because as soon as I make the decision to commit to something or to commit to a lifestyle or to commit to a new behavior, opportunities start to open and is, is it really opportunities starting to open or is it me just being open to those opportunities? Whereas my system, when it's inflamed, when it's in that shitty, in that shittiness, yeah. it doesn't want to be on. It doesn't want to go explore, right? It doesn't want to grow yeah. because a sick organism cannot grow. So it motivates you with your thoughts because we all humans think we're so smart. Yeah but our thoughts are merely a product of our subconscious mind. And the subconscious is binary in my perspective. Mm -hmm. It's either on or off. Are you ready to grow or do you need to heal? And if you're into heal, if you need to heal, your thoughts will be limiting yeah. because it's tricking you to stay in place because it doesn't think you're strong enough to move forward. Which makes sense. But if you clean up your act yeah. and you do what you can to optimize your, your health essentially, then your subconscious mind will give you thoughts that, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And this opportunity that I never saw before, I can now see. So did it just fall out of the sky and emerge out of, out of nowhere? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Maybe it was there the whole time, but we didn't have the eyes to see it. So that, that's, that's my thought on it. And that's my thought on not judging people either because it might sound judgmental, but it, it allows me to empathize with people and understand where they're coming from. And it allows me to clearly say who I fuck with and don't fuck with. Yeah. That's, that's how I see it. How, how do you see it? How do you use it in your daily life? How do you... So it's, it's really funny because you're the input guy and the input theory that started um, kind of, what is it, five years ago, four or five years ago? Yeah, the, the, first, the first little bits of it. Yeah, you know? so it, it started as, you know, and it's evolved through like the machine and now the fifth dimension and it's all the same thing and it's all you know, bringing so much value. So you being the input guy, I've always been and still am the output guy. You know, that's how I've, I've operated in businesses and that's how I play video games. At the end of the day, it's what's on the scoreboard, right? And I definitely like to improve your output. It's all about what you input in terms of kind of food, vibrations, um, anything within your your system. So I've applied the input theory for almost four to five years now and it's definitely helped improve uh, my outputs and i look at my outputs on a weekly basis whether it be business or just personal self and you can literally correlate you know the good weeks with having shitty inputs and so it it all ties in i like that i like that because you've always been the one to like prove the theory yes <laughs> right like i'm yeah. the i'm the theorist yeah but you're the practical one, yeah. right? Because I'm, I'm more abstract of a guy. I'm a fucking, I'm an artist really. Yeah. Okay. That's all I am. So I can just be abstract. Yeah. But when you apply the input theory and it directly impacts your clear cut goals yeah. in a positive way, you're like, well, 
I don't need to dance around this. Yeah. I don't need to say, uh, well, in my opinion or in this and that. When you eat clean or you sleep early yeah. and you don't hang out with toxic people, you fucking perform better. 100%. It's, it's the bottom fucking line. And it sounds so simple, right? Like eating clean, um, do a tiny bit of exercise or exercise and don't hang around, you know, garbage people. It's actually so hard for people to execute because they don't set kind of their boundaries and their environments to optimize those things. Well, I would say that it's almost impossible to see who is who yeah. in your life when you're when when they're part of your inputs. Yeah. If they're consistently part of your inputs, the machine, which we are, yeah. the downloader of inputs, mm -hmm. wants more of what its inputs are. Yeah. So if you've always had these same people around you, mm -hmm. then you are constantly motivated. There's this feedback loop yeah. that that doesn't allow you to see, like you know the the, the expression that you don't see the the forest from the trees or yes. whatever the fuck, whatever yeah. that is, because yeah. you're so close to it that you can't see it. Yeah. But if you, there's tricks and tips. Like let's say you want to do something to get healthy, yeah. and your friends say, "Oh, what the fuck? You don't need to do that." You're you're already you're already healthy. You're already lean. Like yeah. you already look good. What like why do you need to do that? First sign, get them the fuck out. Mm -hmm. If you say, oh, you know what? I don't think I want to stay at my job or I want to try something on the side that I've never done before. And they discourage you. These are garbage inputs. These are inputs in your machine yeah. trying to keep you, keep you down and keep you from growing. These are sick organisms trying to influence the system. And they're not even aware of it. It's yeah. not like these are bad or evil people. Yeah. The thing is when, when the inputs or your system is on off, when your system is on heal, you're in autopilot. And when you're in autopilot, you're not driving your car. Yeah. You're not leading the way. So you're not aware of what you're doing. You're sleeping in the fucking backseat. Yeah. And so while, and so there's no way of saying, there's no way when you're in that state of mind of asking yourself, oh, are these thoughts my own? Or is this coming from my, my subconscious? Is it, is it trying to keep me in this loop? Like these questions don't happen. The, the people who are fucking asleep, asleep at the wheel, they're, they're, ne they're never questioning their thoughts. They think that their thoughts are absolute. So that's why when I see people arguing about politics like crazy or, or even sports yeah, yeah. or whatever, they're essentially saying, you're completely wrong, I'm completely right. And that's absolutely insane. That's, that's the first sign that someone is burnt. Yeah. And that's the first sign that it's like, that's like, that's like a toxic output. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, it, there's these clear markers in our world. Yeah. And if you don't want to, if, if you have that thing inside of you that says, you know what, I want to do something different, look out for these things and then minimize them from your surroundings and then see how much easier it is. Like people go to rehab, for example. Yeah. And they go to this place and they get all good and they get all clean and whatever. Then they come back to the exact environment that created that. And they fall off the wagon immediately. Why is that? Because they're going back to the, the environment that created it in the first place. 100%. You know what kind of fucking hustle that is to constantly fight every day? Yeah. Put yourself in an environment where there's none of that shit. Mm -hmm. Where there's no stress. Where there's no drama. Where there's none of that stuff where you don't have to constantly fight and prove yourself. Yeah. Or stay closed and not say what you believe. And, and it's, uh, it's just the way that the machine works. Like these are observations. These aren't uh, creations here. Yeah.
because I that's what I like to do. I like to observe and understand and see how absurd things are. And myself included. When I'm being a shithead, mm-hmm. when someone tells me something and I and I kind of put them down a little bit because I'm I'm not some fucking uh, perfect perfect being. Yeah. I can sometimes I catch myself before. Sometimes sucks to say I catch myself after. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was just me being shitty because I did X, Y, or Z. I've been in a loop and I'm not being a ray of sunshine. I'm being a fucking nuclear reactor. Yeah. But output is what it comes down to. Like the last three, four weeks, I've been on my A game of inputs. Yeah. So can you talk a bit about that process? So assuming that you've been on your A game, it means that before maybe you weren't on your A game, right? So is it internally that you come to this self-realization that like, oh, fuck, I got to fix my input or how does that come about or does it just come naturally? Um, okay. So let's say like the weeks leading up to my monk re-evaluation yeah. of monk mode. Yeah. I was still productive. Yeah. Like I was in the studio, I was doing my thing and I was in a routine. Yeah. So my routine was was familiar. It was somewhat productive, but it wasn't I wasn't on a path that was going to get me to where I want to go. Yeah. It was a path of comfort. I was working in the business, not on the business. And of and on the business and in the business of my work and of life. If I'm in the studio, like in the studio, doing my thing and continuing to record songs, but have absolutely no plan on how to release it or how to put it out. Then what am I doing? Right, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wasting time. Mm-hmm. And then the weekend comes around and I get high as fuck, and then I'll eat shit. And Saturday and Sunday are complete write-offs. And then Monday I start worse off than I was the Monday before, yeah. and the loop starts again. So essentially, I was in a time warp. So I can say how kind of productive I was, but I wasn't. Me being in the studio was like a minimum requirement. That's like the fun part. It's the easy part. Sure. But I was doing nothing else. So I was in a loop. So I like, I was not time traveling. I'm time traveling now. I was not time traveling then. Yeah. And so after a few weeks of that, like, or a month or whatever it is, I just get fed up and I start to see it. I'm like, ah, okay. Now it's, it's starting to, it's starting to um, affect my performance. It's starting to affect our Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we were just going, like, yeah, yeah. just ring around the rosy, yeah. not really getting anything productive done. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's time to step it up. And uh, and I said, fuck it, time to step it up. Time to, time to cut out the garbage. And as soon as I did that, the first uh, fucking week is, is a recalibration for sure. Yeah. I was like, ugh. But then now after that, I'm, I'm seeing opportunities and I'm open to opportunities that I was closed off to before. And that's, like I said, what that manifest thing is, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's not that things are appearing out of nowhere. It may seem like it, but they were always there. Just couldn't see them. This, the, we have selective vision. Like that's this, like a scientific thing. If the reason we see certain cars is because we're thinking of those cars and we choose to see what we want to see. And that all depends on our programming. Do we turn the system on or off? And I call it the shelf rule. Yeah. But when your shelf is completely full or you're completely packed, there's no desire for your system to look for anything else because it's satisfied. Yeah. When I'm getting high and I'm eating like shit and I'm pulling a whack, I'm getting dopamine drips. Yeah. But they're throwing me for a loop because I have to keep repeating it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm looking for dopamine hits and endorphins that come from achieving and growth and forward movement. Movement. That's cool. 
And so, you know, we've been not testing, but we've been applying the input theory for a couple of years now. And I remember, I'd say two years ago, I wanted to, because I'm always looking to grow and kind of prove the theory. So I started applying it in the corporate world. I remember at my previous job, um, you know, there was a team of five to six salespeople under me. And uh, I was actually starting to prove the input theory. So on Wednesdays, HR would always bring in the main cafeteria donuts for everyone. And how the sales reps were judged was based on how many demos they were able to book. So I literally had a chart Monday, five demos, fantastic. Tuesday, five demos, Wednesday, zero demos, Thursday, back, back. And I tested it out for four weeks and every Wednesday we would book one or zero demos. Wow. And there was a, and I showed that to HR after, um, the fifth week, apples, fruits, just no donuts. And the proof was there. And so you saw an immediately immediate like change yeah. in the, the bookings. Yeah. So Wednesdays went back up. Yes. And then essentially the performance of the company was better. And obviously that was on a small, smaller scale. It's a micro test. And so now, um, kind of like my goal, and I, I guess I've been subconsciously doing it. And you always tell me the businesses that I help or that I run all run on the input theory, which is really sick. And they perform better. Well, it is because let's say the inputs, like we're talking about food now. It, it's or we're talking about everything. Uh, every, yes. But in a company, because yeah. a company is an organism, just yeah. like a human is an organism. Yeah. A company is an organism filled with humans. Yeah. So you want to hire people who are inputs yes. that will nourish your, organ, your organization. Yes. They call it organization. It's a fucking organism. It is. But you want to hire and people who will who will help you grow. And the way that you run things with the clear targets, because you're always, we need to look at output. Yeah. We need to look at data mm -hmm. because that's the only way of knowing if what we're trying to do is working or not. Yeah. Right. And if the purpose of the organization is to grow, yeah. which is the purpose of any organism. Yeah. Like I said, an organism that doesn't want to grow is a sick organism. The people within it have clear targets. If they're not hitting their targets, what does that tell you? Yeah, that their inputs are probably not uh, optimal. Well, how do you see that on a more like... It's, like a, it's, it's everything you do outside of work, because essentially in a work environment, you can't really control what they do on the outside. But actually what they do on the outside is very correlated with their performance at work. But what you can kind of control is the inputs at work, essentially. So I guess on a math basis, let's say they spend a third of their day at work and you can kind of subconsciously plant other seeds to help them benefit outside of work, the performance at work will be a lot better. So to me, I see it three different ways, right? Um, if the people that hang out outside of work have bad vibes or bad inputs, the longer you keep them in uh, organization, or if you can set up a system where the vibes that they get at work are better, inherently or subconsciously they're going to they're going to want to stay at work because um it's much better vibes than at home yeah or they'll they'll start to a light will turn on and they'll start to maybe distance themselves from the things that are bringing them down outside of work 100 percent. that's how nature works right so yeah it's it's like essentially a good influence yes and by good influence i mean an influence of growth yeah and health so check out this hack and I, i've only realized this now because there's a lot of yes the input theories might sound simple but there's a lot of components is this uh, just is this cutting your face off in the in the? No, no, it's no. Good. Okay, good. it's good. So there's a lot of uh, 
you know, components that go into the input theory from food um, to people you hang out with and everything. Parents, but, living with your parents, man, that fuck you up. And your friends, um, the vibes, what you consume. If you play too many video games, if you're too much on social media, if you watch too many movies, if you drink booze and, and, and things like that. So I found out that the biggest hack, check this out. And we talked about this last week, which was, what was it that, that, that you said? You said, uh, we're all kind of hunters and the best feeling is knowing that you survived the day providing for, like you went out and you hunted and, uh, what was it? And you, you felt the, like the, the reward of, of like, of, uh, of accomplishing something and like making your own and like you, you earned it, yeah. you earned it. So it's the ultimate feeling of, of pride. Like you earned your survival. Yes. So the earning of the survival, if I can set up an environment and I have that at work where they see the value and they worked hard and they earned kind of that feeling of survival that I brought food on the table, so to say, um, Already, that's a huge component of the input theory. And not only that, you've exercised all this energy that you're so tired that you're not going to want to do other things outside. Because uh, there's, there's nothing left in the tank, right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, a huge component of the, the input theory is is reward system. Because yeah. the body needs reward system. The body's an addict. Mm-hmm. It needs constant... Re- it's like a dog. Yeah. It needs a treat, always. And if the, it doesn't have a treat for so long, it's going to behave poorly. And so you're saying if you go to work and you're hitting targets, you're getting the dopamine hits yeah. that make you feel proud of yourself, mm-hmm. which is the sweet potato. You know, it's the ultimate reward. Then when you get home, your boxes are checked. Your fulfillment bank is checked. Absolutely. And you no longer need to, to seek outward, um, outward, you know, chemical hits because you're good. So your system's like, all right, bedtime. But no, if yeah, yeah but exactly. if you go to work all day and there are not any clear um, goals, yeah, then you get home, you don't have that feeling of reward, you don't have that feeling of accomplishment, you have that feeling of like I kind of sat around, I didn't really know what to do, I tried to look busy, I was fucking around on my phone, mm-hmm. and you get home and what do you do? You watch movies, you, you, eat you, shit you, food. you you get in the DMs, you eat shit food, you you do things that don't contribute to you being in growth mode. And so what you're saying is that you've, the way that you, you, you hit or you set goals within the business gives people that pride. Uh, Yeah. And it's not, yeah, exactly. And it's not only kind of in the work, you know, I have friends, um, if they're athletes or, you know, they, they perform some sort of art, if you can just feel that fulfillment in your career or at work, it, it kind of works as a hack because then you'll be so tired. You won't essentially even have time to eat shit food and things like that. So. Yeah. So essentially get your chemicals from earning them. Yes. Delayed gratification. Yeah. Then you won't need instant gratification. Because I see instant gratification like a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. That like when you didn't get what you needed, you need a quick fix. You need like a, you need a pill or something. But if you're getting it, yeah. just like our ancestors, when they survived, you know, and they conquered and they, they beat up a fucking mammoth with a, with a tiger bone or something, they felt good. They Absolutely. were able to sleep. And now that I think of it, if you, you know, I've been applying it for what's 365 times four to five years. Um, that's how a company of organization or organism or organization is able to literally time travel. Cause the thing about business is there's one currency that all businesses share, which is time. Okay. So 
the goal of a business should be able to grow. So if you're able to do the input theory or apply the input theory on a daily basis and then the output you know, increases, essentially you're going to time travel and outgrow every single company. And for example, one of the companies, um, Alchemist, that I'm involved with, literally we are now the number one permanent makeup place in Canada, not in Montreal, in Canada. Congratulations. In Canada. In Canada. And that's only the beginning and it hasn't even been really alive for more for it's been less than a year. And so every other beauty salon, they're just like, how did you guys do it? And well, they didn't repeat the same thing every day, which is time loop. Yeah. And time travel in the business setting means growing a little bit every day. Yeah. Looking at the data, improving, applying the input theory and doing things that allow you to consistently grow in, in, in ways that are like unheard of. Mm -hmm. But the top companies in the world, the best companies in the world grow like this. Absolutely. But most companies are not great. And most companies are just spinning in circles because the leadership doesn't understand their own input theory. So they're on time warp. They hire people who vibe with them, who are in the same kind of time warp and nothing really moves. No. So if if your business or your life or anything like that is not moving and it seems like the infinite repeat, it's just a signal that, hey, Maybe I can be doing things differently, but you're not speaking from, you're, you're not just like a random guy. You have had insane success yeah. with multiple businesses year after year, and it's only getting better and, and even more absurdly crazy. Yeah. Like it's, it's wild, the growth patterns that you have. Absolutely. And then uh, a year and two years when people say, oh, how did you guys you know, grow so fast. How did you grow that many businesses from zero to a million dollars in less than a year? I'm just going to say the input theory. Yeah. And then we can sell our book. There we go. That's how we're going to do this. Fuck. You know, it's tough out. It's tough out there for the, uh, for the theorists, you know? Yeah. But it works. The proof is in the pudding. And I think a huge component of the input theory is cutting things out. And it's the most difficult part of the process. Whether it's food, whether it's people. Yes. Whether it's, it's, Family, I don't know. It's, Activities, it, everything. Whatever is not contributing to growth needs to go. And that's, in my opinion, what separates the champions from the amateurs. Mm-hmm. Because the champions do what it takes and the amateurs do not. They they don't see that... They think keeping people around or keeping patterns around that they're used to, they have some attachment to it. Like, oh no, but it's the right thing to do. Well, actually, if those things are burning you and you are decreasing your, let's call it vibration or decreasing your output, you're actually hurting everything around you. Yeah. By you doing what it takes, you're growing, you're creating opportunity for others, you're inspiring others, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're building, you're growing, you're, you're going to uncharted territories, you know? I, that's what I had to do in the business. The business that I was in, I had to do a lot of things that were unpopular. Yeah. But unpopular in the eyes, perhaps, of people who were in the passenger seats of their own car who weren't seeing what I was seeing. Yeah. In the end, it worked out for everybody because I moved on. I was able to do what I needed to do. And and I've been on a, on a growth pattern. Is it a consistent thing like that? No, I'd say that my growth is like the stock market. You know, it goes up, then it goes down, then it goes up, then it goes down, but it's forward momentum. Yeah. To see this or this is, is not something that I'm interested in whatsoever. And you've been applying it, man. 
And do you see that with every new venture, you're you're refining even more and you get these new tools and these new fucking tricks and hacks and and essentially it's understanding people and yeah. being empathetic towards people. Right? And and understanding how they function. Yeah. It's not about being brutal and cutthroat. It's it's just about knowing what you want and providing the best place for for the team to prosper. And if there's a certain teammate who is hurting the entire organism, yeah. then that teammate must go. They belong on a different team. 100%. Because there's many teams out there. But if you want, like, I'm interested in winning. You're interested in winning. So that's what I know my team needs. Winners. Absolutely. And, you know, winning can, be, can mean different things to different people, but typically growth will be synonymous with winning. Growth is the result of winning, right? Like, winning is not just points on the board it's everything that goes into that that results in points on the board it's it's challenging yourself it's discipline it's making tough decisions yeah it's effort it's hitting targets and all these things on a consistent basis will lead you to grow mm -hmm. like every fucking animal in nature or like every organism they they're all doing things to consistently move forward and survive and do what they need to do but we like the 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 product of civilization and technology and comfort yeah they're like the downside to it is that you can do nothing a hundred percent right like you can do nothing and pretty much keep it going mm -hmm. like you can you can pretty much stay on autopilot essentially unaffected yeah and that's the that's the challenge of this game that we're playing yeah you can stay on autopilot and it sucks and you and you need you need those band-aids you need those dopamine hits you need that shit just to keep you fucking above water yeah or you can make the decision that's only hard in the short term once you start ripping it and you you put yourself in an environment where your new routine is just like you don't your new autopilot is a growth autopilot yeah so you don't like you don't have to like think about it on a daily basis but when you're presented with like perhaps a challenge or an idea or a strategy that you have to you know work into your to your to your work or your strategy you think about the input theory and you think about how it affects everything on, on, a, on, a, on a bigger level. It just seems like the only way to go. hundred percent. And so before you were talking about, actually, no, if you just look at, at your logo, it's the input theory. You've gone through multiple iterations and it's always about refining, right? So yeah. for those who are wondering like, oh, where do I start? I, I posted it on my story the other day. Super, super simple, right? 52 that's the number so there's 52 weeks in a year put it on a calendar put it somewhere 52 and at the end of every week whether it be sunday or monday just literally check mark did i did i feel like i fulfilled something this week yes or no and then the more you start accumulating those you're going to start building momentum and then you're going to want to track different things um to refine the process to just always improve yourselves and then it's just inherently gonna um become within you that's a that's a great way and that's where you and i differ yeah it's that you have these practical strategies where my my brain is just a mess, but you you always have to, a practical thing. That's why we did work well together Absolutely. because you were able to make my idea palatable and uh, and actionable. So I love what you said. It's like start at basic. Was this week, every Sunday, was it a win or a loss? That's it. And just try to tally up those wins. And then just the, fa the mere fact that you're tracking it yeah 
will keep you accountable to yourself. And you'll be like, oh, you know what? I can't have two, two L's in a row. And it's exactly. And it's super easy. And so after you track whether it was a win or not, it can only go sev uh, several ways. If it was a good week, why was it a good week? And just repeat the same fucking thing next week. And if it wasn't a good week, why wasn't it a good week? And don't do that next week. And that's it. And you'll inherently keep getting better. The <laughs> man is it. a genius. That's it. The man's a fucking genius. Man. It's, yeah. That's, that's great stuff. Because then it'll, it'll put you on a trajectory of starting to evaluate your actions. Yeah. And evaluate how you feel like in the moment. Because it'll start out as a week, but then you'll go on the daily. You'll be like, you know, I did everything right, but what the fuck happened? Yeah. Oh, I, well, after I hung out with so-and-so, I had this fucking really huge urge to like eat pizza. What is that? That is a sign that perhaps you hung out with someone who fucking drained you. And now your system needs uh, is in repair. So it's trying to get whatever it can to give it a quick fix. And that'll tell you real quick what you should do, who you should hang out with. Because like, I'm not the kind of person to tell anyone what to do, but do the test for yourself and see it. You'll only be lying to yourself if, if you ignore those things. Yeah. And I, I think the people watching this, anyone who'd be interested in this, um, would, be, would be interested. Fuck, I just thought of something. The biggest win you can do, okay, is apply this. And I just realized this because we've essentially been keeping each other accountable for the past X amount of years every Sunday. So quick win, find someone that you can just have a Sunday coffee virtually in person. It doesn't matter. And just good vibes because no matter what, every Sunday is going to be a good input, at least for us. So if people can just do that, that's already a huge win. That's one out of seven days that you know it's probably going to be um, a check mark. Yeah, that is that is that is a good one. Shit. Because what we've been doing for year, even when we're out of town, yeah, uh, you'd like fly fly over, but this is this Sunday interaction has been something that many weeks has been the highlight of my week. Yeah, same here. And without that, could have been a real, real shit week. And and the fact that we can talk about ideas and talk about philosophies and talk about stuff like that. Like, that's what you want to talk about. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to talk about. That's what like, like fills my soul with like warmth and goodness and excellent vibes. Cause there's no sun. Rarely have I had a Sunday where it's like fucked. I've had many shitty Saturdays. I've had very few shitty Sundays, very few. And so that's a good call. Like find someone. Holy shit. We've just changed the timelines. So if you're Asian, find yourself a Greek person to <laughs> yeah. have a Sunday coffee with. And if you're Greek, find yourself an Asian person to have a Sunday coffee with. Yeah, so with. we need to, I don't know any of the data on what uh, what races work well together or yeah. what astrological signs, but whatever the fuck it is, do it. At the end of the day, someone that you can talk to, to that you can talk about things other than other people. Yeah. If you can do that, that's the move. If you can talk about ideas, that's the person you want to find. Good stuff. Fucking lucky. And I met this guy in 99. 99. And I said some stupid shit in that class, huh? And you thought I was an idiot? Yep. Um, Blink-182 connected us together. So on that note, you want to transition to Michelle. Speaking of stupid and funny, you want to talk about the trailer that you're making? Yes. And kind of... Um, all the acts that kind of made it big 
had to have some sort of comedy and then you're a fucking funny guy. Yeah, like it's, I guess as serious as I get, I'm also equally, I think, funny. I like to I like to make jokes. I like to make people laugh. It really makes me happy. And in my observations of of my favorite acts in the world, yeah. comedy has always played a huge, huge part. Here, you can, you can bend that up so it's not just hanging over there. Because we're going to have the, the oh, double. Yeah. It's good. So yeah, so we touched on it a little bit last week, but essentially, I'm ready to put myself out there. I've been... I think I've been making music in the lab long enough that I'm at a world-class level. And and I said, okay, well, it's time to put it out. So what are we going to do with with Shift? You know, we, we haven't officially signed a contract, but you're going to help me, right? I can say this. Yeah, yeah. You're going to help me reach out to 50 labels. Yeah. I, I keep saying 50. We're going to say 50. But I need something to present to them that is going to... Um, help in the sales process other than just sending links and a couple of fucking glamour shots because glamour is not really my thing, you know? But my favorite artists, that wasn't their thing either. They were always able to poke fun at themselves. You know, whether it was Weezer or Blink-182. Eminem. Eminem, even Elton John, whoever the fuck, they were able to poke fun at themselves and humor was a was a way that they could communicate their music that they were passionate about and serious, but in a, in a way that wasn't like overtly serious, like in a way that showed, look, I get it. It's bigger than this and let's just have fun, Yeah, you know? And I like humor. So in the, in the nineties growing up, I kept seeing these commercials that were like compilations. So it'd be like cool rock music presents cool rock. Um, the the song the the rock is cool but the music is hot like and it just has like back to back every five seconds the song changes and it's hit after hit after hit after yeah. hit back when CDs were a thing so it'd be like 30, 40 songs on two discs yeah. and I had the idea to create a visual um, representation of my music to present to the to the labels as a trailer yeah but the trailer I realized pretty quick trying to develop it required a movie to cut down to make a trailer that made any sense. Yeah. So we weren't just going to shoot scenes and how are we going to explain anything? And in the trailers we watched, there are two to three songs max. Yeah. But then I was thinking, this is not even funny. Like I hate doing this. It was two weeks of meetings. Yeah. Well, two meetings over two weeks that went absolutely nowhere. And I was like, those compilations. And funny enough, the compilation idea happened week two of optimizing my inputs. I was meditating in the morning and it's like cool rock. And I'm like, motherfucker, here we go. And so on. Wait, wait, so you saw it on a, like a TV channel? No, no, I saw it in my brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. The ultimate TV channel, you know, the screen of the machine. Absolutely. And so I said, what better way to highlight all my songs than by putting them in a compilation that, uh, that highlights everything with a, with a funny narrative over it with really cool visuals and the visuals, um, not every song has to have a video for it. We have some videos in the bank, but the max amount of time that I'll need a video for a song is six, seven seconds. Yeah. So we can shoot a bunch of these over one day, which is what I'm doing tomorrow. Then we're gonna we're gonna put all the graphics on top of it and make it look like that nostalgic '90s thing. Well, you know, with the new fonts yeah, and yeah, yeah. like future nostalgia is like pretty much what I do. And I think that'll that'll be a nice 
sales tool to present the project in a way that explains everything. No links, no fucking images or no pictures and no, no bullshit. Like this will cut through. I'm pretty sure no one else is doing this. That's true. Like, I don't know. That's a guess, but it's fun to do. It's going to take less time to accomplish than a music video. And I can keep releasing uh, singles, but in terms of, of, of the cost and the return on investment, it's like, why not just go out and see what I'm worth now? Yeah. Like same thing happened in my business. I had plans. I wanted to hit X amount of dollars before I would entertain ever selling it. Yeah. And then I realized, you know what, what are we worth today? Because the time from getting today to that number that I want to hit is going to be fucking grueling. It's going to be years. It may be a fucking decade. Yeah. And for what? To say that I hit that number? What am I worth today? What can I do today to increase my worth right now? Yeah. So all these long-term projects that I had, all these big consultants and investments, I fucking scrapped it all. Any bullshit on the company I didn't need, I refined it and we went to market. Yeah. And we had a value and we sold. So I can keep releasing stuff. I can keep spending thousands of dollars yeah. on all kinds of stuff, but why why not shop it around to see if anyone's interested? There's a possibility that no one's interested, mm-hmm. right? Great possibility, but why not exercise that? And that's a growth mentality. 100%. That's a putting yourself out there mentality. Because I've always been like, ah, oh, you know, like labels, you know, they take everything and they this, that. Well, that's the cost of doing business. 100%. You, you, you ever sell a product and make 100% return on it? No, you have to pay suppliers, you have to pay your marketing costs, you have to pay all that shit. And at the end of the day, you end up with five to 10% of your total sales. Yeah, I understand that. And at the end of the day, I'd rather have 10% of a way bigger number than 100% of fuck all. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So that's what we're doing. And that's that's what I'm excited, excited. about. It's gonna be cool. And it's gonna be a fun video. It's gonna be, it's gonna be funny. Like you heard the, the first rough, Amazing. the rough cut. Yeah, all bangers. Bangers, nonstop bangers with vibes so good. I got that strip, that strip club guy voice with vibes so good. You'll need a daily dose, (laughs) but it's fun, man. And, and it's worth a shot. And it's, I've always, you know, I've been less practical and more theoretical. This is clear. Finish this trailer. Yeah. Work on the deck with you guys and let you guys go off with it. Yeah. That's the goal. Get this out to people and and see if if we get a bite. It's not any more complex than that. No. And as a creator, as an artist, that's the way I should go. Because I came from a manufacturing business that my dad started. Mm-hmm. So in the back of my head, the only way to market was to start everything and do it all from scratch. Yeah. But I'm the idea guy. I have to work with great salespeople to put it out. So I want to do a comic book. I'll come up, I won't make the whole comic book. I'll make a cover. Yeah. I'll do a little story and then I'll shop it around. Do we have any interest? Start small. Absolutely. And Would you say, because uh, we discussed this offline, so your dad was the sales guy and your grandpa was, was, the, 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 was idea, the, I guess, the, the idea guy. Yes. My grandfather was the guy, the engineer in the back of the warehouse who was creating the stuff. And my dad was the one who knocked on the doors. So essentially, I'm my grandfather and you're my dad. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that is that what you're getting hey, at? Hey, I'd be more than happy with that. 
Oh, and love Georgie. Yeah, yeah. My dad was an awesome guy. So was my grandfather. Absolutely. Yeah, two beauties, two beauties, and that I learned a lot from. I learned a lot of how to be and how not to be, right? Because we're in evolution, and if we repeat yeah. exactly what came before us, then that, my friend, is not time travel. So, can I do a small plug? Oh, I, yeah. I usually don't plug, but this is a good segue for a plug. Hell yeah, brother! <clears throat> so knowing like the practical thing and um, and shift. Also, I have this theory that you're either an idea gal or guy, or you're a sales or growth gal or guy. So when you come into shift, it's one of the two, and that's how I believe we are. One or zero, binary, and not one is better than the other. They actually need to work together, and if they work together, that's when you get pure fire. Absolutely, that's been my downfall: trying to be both. Even though I have, I can be a sales guy. Yeah. What is my true talent? Yeah. And that's what we got to do, right? And now working with you, yeah, is offloading that and allowing me to give a hundred percent of what I do in the creative process, yeah, so that it can be sold properly. Because I, I don't, just because I have a natural ability to be charismatic, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I'm a salesman. It doesn't mean I, I have that. Mm -hmm. And knowing that is so powerful. And it's, it's, it's especially tricky for us because we can dabble in both worlds, right? Because we understand. But yeah. um, one thing that I also teach all my employees and my ex-students at Totem was always to have, and even when you're having a down week or a down day, you always have your go-to move. And for you, going to the studio, creating art, you know, it reminds you that, like, okay, I'm world-class at this. So same for me. I can go in the creative world. I can spend a lot of time, but really... You put me in a growth environment, whether it's looking at data or in a sales pitch and say, okay, I'm more class at this. So tip, always have your go-to move. Yeah, do the thing that you do great with the least effort, Yeah, right? Is that is that essentially what that is? And that, Or that that's going to give you that um, fulfillment candy or coin. Yeah, so it, so it doesn't feel like you're, you're, you're pulling teeth. Yeah. And, and it just reminds you that like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, on the zero, on the one side. I'm a, I, okay, I have fun on the sales side or growth side, but really like creative is where I belong. Exactly, and they need to exist together. Like every every member of an organization, yeah. whether it's the janitor or the sales lead or the person who makes graphics, mm -hmm. they're e all equally important because you can't have the whole system work without. So the like we often, you know, maybe in our more naive years, want to be that thing that perhaps is most celebrated. Yes. We want to be the CEO or we want to be this or we want to be that. We have to be what we are algorithmically programmed to be from generations. What we are today is a product of a fucking long time. A long, long time. Yes. And optimize our, our inputs only brings us truer to where we were. Yeah. Right? It brings us closer to our childhood stuff. And that just makes it clear what we should do and what we shouldn't do. So I know what I should do. It's, you know what you should do. And uh, again, this might, I don't think it's going to get us canceled, but it's your ancestry. Like Greeks are philosophers and artists and that's what they do. They come up and they come up with stuff. Yeah. Asians, <laughs> they take what you come up and we replicate it and we make more money. That's, that's, that's it. it. What a team. What a team. Look, get yourself an Asian. God damn. And, but that, that's just the way it is. And honestly, we can only get canceled if like, because, you know, that's another topic. People are worried about getting canceled. You can only get canceled 
if if you're like in a in a Disney movie yeah. and and you get caught for some or saying something fucked up, yeah. if you're an indie or nobody cares about you, you can't get fucking canceled. Say whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. So there's all these people with no audiences worried about getting canceled. Yeah. Come on. Nonsense. Nonsense. You can say whatever the fuck you want and no one will care. 100%. And that's not even bad. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a philo- like that's what it is. If you're a fucking a philosopher artist, don't expect to have the fucking Asian skills. Man, they're amazing. Like look like America creates stuff. Yeah. Or invents stuff and China builds it. 100%. You know? That's it's it's like it is what it is. I like that. I like that a lot. And it's going to we're going to have a nice uh it's going to be a lot of fun. Because it's also not a growth mentality to want to do everything yourself. It's something that I see a lot with like people who are jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. You'll never really move forward. You'll never really make a mark. That's that's what that's what I've seen. Yeah. Now that I think of it, because there's a lot of people that are like not lost, but they think they're like admin or operations, but really deep inside of you, that kid inside of you is belongs on one or the other side, I think. Well, I think everyone has a specific role. Everyone has a unique ability and a specific role. And the clearer that you can see, the clearer that will be. Mm-hmm. And there's everything will seem like a struggle if you're doing what you're not supposed to do. Like Elon, I think is doing exactly what he's supposed to do because he has the the algorithm to do what he's doing. Yeah. Like he's having a good time. You know, it, like there are people who manage a football team yeah. who are struggling more than Elon because they shouldn't be managing a football team. Agreed. A high school football team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just to show when you're kind of in line, in flow with what you are and accepting what you are. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna do great. Wayne Gretzky, worst coach of all time. Like literally the worst coach of all time. Michael Jordan, the worst NBA owner of all time. Yeah. Because and I was having this who was I having this convo with? Was it you? No. I'm not sure. But but Gretzky Gretzky came up. And uh, oh yeah, I was talking to uh, our boy Nikki Gabs. Okay, sick. Yeah. Shout out if you're watching Nikki Gabs. Yes. And uh and that's what it is. You you have a role, you can't just do something that you're not meant to do, mm-hmm. that you don't have the wiring to do. We're all wired to do anything. We're all here because we survived many generations. Our lineage survived accomplishing a certain thing. So it means we have inherent traits that are that are awesome. And that's that's what's tough. Like we see all kinds of things. Like we live in an age where we can see every job yeah. and we can see everyone and everything. And so that it distracts us and makes us want to be something that we're not because we're seeing it. And that's, oh, that's what we want to be. This was, this would look good on me, Yeah, yeah. right? This outfit would look good on me rather than what are you? What the fuck are you deep down? And the only way you can see that is clear up your, clear up your inputs, see a little clearly, maybe go for a fucking walk, have a Sunday relax with, with your bud, you know? And that's, that's, that's really it. But this is fun. Absolutely. I love doing this Sunday relax. This is good. What are we doing now? What time? Okay. You know what? Short and sweet. Yeah. This I was think great. that was fucking awesome. Yeah. 50 minutes. We're ripping. This one's good. And we just refine. And that's it. This yeah. That, good. That's it. And that's just got to go and see where it takes us. And I didn't know it would start with input theory, but boom, we went in. But this is something that has been game changer for me. 
and allows me to understand others. Rather than being upset with others and expecting things from people and being disappointed, I could take a look, make a little calculation and say, I'll only be disappointed if I expected something different. But they are who they are. They're beautiful people. And it is what it is. I don't need to be disappointed. Absolutely. Because the algorithm speaks. And we are all the products of our algorithm. But we can optimize our algorithm. And by optimizing our algorithm, we come truer to who we always were, rather than trying to be what we're not. And on that note. So sick. We are prepping the, um, the trailer. We're going to be shopping it around. And you know what? Keeping you updated on it. Um, Should be ready in a couple of weeks. We can play it on the pod. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. We'll play it on the pod. And uh, what else do we have to say? Anything to plug? Boom Boom is still out. Misho Music. Um, links are in the bio. You can follow Trinception. You can follow... Shift well, Agency. Shift Agency. I'll put all the links. Yeah, the Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're lady, if you are a lady or your lady bird is... We have well. a lot of guys too coming in. Really? For lips and brows, yeah. Crazy. Okay. It is what it is. Amen. There's a market. Absolutely. All right. So, so fellow time travelers... Oh, you want... Yeah, so you know how um, <clears throat> Kimmel has his Matt Damon thing? I, I, I think we should have... Okay, there's only 900,999 more appearances till Donnie Dika's podcast. Yes. So yeah, once we get to a million views or a million subscribers, then Donnie Dika's will come on because Donnie Dika's has a high stock. Yes. And uh, it would be bad for his brand if he was to feature on something that had less than a million viewers or a million subscribers. So... So we'll keep praying, but you guys can make it happen. Absolutely. You know, if we, if, you know, if you keep sharing it and keep talking about the podcast and or, requesting Donnie Dekas. and keep requesting Donnie Dekas, then uh, maybe he'll make an appearance before that, or maybe we'll skyrocket to a million. I think that's a great idea, Trin. Uh, he's, he's worth it. The oh, guy is a gem. He is worth it. He's a beautiful guy. All right. Have a good one. All right. See, see you fellow time travelers, you, you trillions out there in the galaxies. Uh, have a good one. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Peace.